Welcome to the Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. Fantasy football all day, every day. Fantasy Football 24-7 Podcast. I am your host, Debro. You can find me on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB. Look, we are your redraft team. You can find us and our Dynasty Podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. I want you to head over to the main page on Twitter at FFB underscore 247 and check out our awesome website, 247fantasyfootball.com. Our draft kits are now live, baby! Uh, 300 plus color labels. Our draft boards hold 14 teams and 20 rounds. So on to this week's episode. Joining me every week is one of my two co-hosts, Justin. You can find him on Twitter at easypolizi underscore 21. It's easy, P-O-L-I-Z-Z-I underscore 21. What's up, Justin? What's up, D-Bro? I'm very, very excited to get into this into tonight's episode, especially Got to get my other co-host in here. Matt, you can find him on Twitter at Kegler Matt. K-O-E-G-L-E-R. Matt. What's up, dude? Nothing much. And can I just say how excited I am that we're not doing a division preview? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We got all the way through the divisions, and it is time to get lit, man. Right now, redraft season is its about to just catch fire. So we thought we'd lead it off. Let, let, let's get to our guys. So on this week's episode, we're going to talk breakouts and busts. And before we start talking players and guys we love and things that we just think are going to, you know, players we think are going to suck this year, we got to get our special guest for the weekend here. This guy is the Wolf of Roto Street himself. He is on Twitter at Roto Street Wolf. He's also a writer for Fantasy Pros. What is up, Wolf? Boys, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to join you. Oh, it's going to be a good one, man. I, 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 I've been wanting to get you in here ever since uh, the beginning of this season, and we've been doing all these divisions and stuff. But I felt like, man, you throw some hot takes out there, dude, and I felt like there was no better episode to get you up in here on. Breakouts and busts, man. That's my that's my forte. That's my specialty. I love calling out who's going to blow up and also who's oh, yeah. going to suck. And just having this, the time to talk to you again, Derek, man. We always love having you over on at the, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, and I'm just thrilled that I can uh, join your show over here, man. It's going to be great. Oh, hell yeah, man. So uh, anything uh, – what have you been working on real quick before we get into the episode? Oh, man, we got a ton of stuff brewing. So the, the site's rotostreetjournal.com, and we're just wrapping up. The training camp kickoff preview guide should be out by the end of this weekend. Uh, so if you want to check that out, rotostreetjournal.com slash training camp. Going to have a ton of b- bargains, busts, you know, penny stocks that we love to talk about that late round guys are going to blow up. Tons of great stuff coming on there and, and just so many other new projects. We're, we're trying to launch our new TV network, a bunch of new things, man. So this is what everybody <laughs> came here to listen to, and it is breakout yeah. and bust time. So breakouts, guys that, look, if for one reason or another, either they've been hyped or they're going late, or it's guys that we've just never seen it that are in later ADP that we feel could just blow the roof off this year. So, Wolf, lead us off here. Who is your breakout guy? So I got to go with 
Cone. I, I'm stoked about this guy. He falls to the ECR, at least. He's ranked outside the top 100, ADPs, a little bit higher, around the 80 range. And I have him, you know, in my early, you know, 50s even. I have him real high up. I think he's going to absolutely explode, and it's all because of the play calling. So this is a guy who said breakout, breakaway, uh, absolute, uh, the ideal breakaway threat, according to PFF from last year, had 50% of his runs go for 15-plus yards. Uh, more than 50% of his runs did. So he was the top breakaway threat. Just a matter of not getting the touches, not getting the volume. And I think that's going to absolutely flip under Matt Nagy. I think he's a very creative coach. He comes from a, a nice lineage there where he's learned from Andy Reid how to use his backs in the receiving game and split them out and be creative. And already in camp, all the reports are Tariq Cohen split out wide and streaking deep down the field. Tariq Cohen in the slot running screens. He's such an explosive talent. I think under John Fox, he just rotted. He's the most vanilla guy, the most vanilla schemes. And I'm just stoked about how Treat Cohen's going to be used, and I think he's going to absolutely explode this year. All right. I mean, I Love think that. he's going to get a lot of work in the pass game for sure. Matt, on to your guy. All right. I am going to go with Jamison Crowder. And I know that we're all pretty much high on him, but when I was digging a little bit deeper – even if we get, you know, the 2013 to 2016 Alex Smith, I don't think there's a better target than Jamison Crowder for that reason. Um, since he's been in the league, he's gone from 78 targets to 99 targets to 103 targets. And that I think he's going to hover right around that 100 mark even this year. Um, and last year, his 103 were 26 more than the next target. <laughs> he was blowing Washington out with that. <clears throat> and then he was, uh, say, and I'm kind of riding on this going back to the previous version of Alex Smith, because I really feel like last year was an outlier because he was felt like he was kind of playing for like everybody else, but Kansas city at that point. Um, and so he's, if he goes back to those short, quick routes, Jameson Crowder averaged 3.2 yards of separation. So he's going to be able to get that out to him and be able to kind of do something after the catch. And so with him, he's going in this uh, seventh round along right around the same time as guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Randall Cobb. The only difference is out of those three guys, he's the one most likely to lead his team in targets. <laughs> like, so I'm going to take him because he's the most likely to break out out of Washington, especially in the Gruden system. I, I love the take. And very quickly before Justin gets up in here and starts spitting love on his guy, I I love Crowder. And the one stat that blew me away it, from 2015 to 2017, he is tied for 11th in catch rate with somebody who has been known to have just oven mitts covered with duct tape, Keenan Allen. So that stood out to me a ton. Uh, Justin, who is your guy? Yeah, first, man, I want to say I, I, I love Crowder a lot, you know, this year as well. So my guy right now is, is Kenny Stills. And I know we did the AFC East uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I expressed some love about him, but I just love him coming into next year. I want to start off by, talk, by talking about his ADP. He's going off the board as the wide receiver 46 pick 123 for a guy who's averaging 16 yards per catch for his career. And then I want to go ahead and talk about his 2014 season. His last season that he played with the Saints, 
In that year, in 2014, he finished with 63 receptions, 931 yards, and three touchdowns. And although the three touchdowns were disappointing, he finished as one of the as, as the leading receptions leader on that team with Jimmy Jimmy Graham, rookie Brandon Cooks, and veteran uh, Colston. Like it's it's amazing what he was able to do that year. He finished as the wide receiver 38, which was a worth 174 points in fantasy football. Do you know what the score was for the 38th wide receiver in 2017 fantasy football was? 151.2 points by Mike Wallace. Basically, 23 points lower. So, Stills has shown that upside. And I know with Miami, he struggled with 27 receptions in 2015 and 20 and 42 receptions in 2016. And then last year, he had 58 receptions with Cutler in 2017, but they were down for most of their game. So you can't take that too much. You got to take that with a grain of salt right there. But I want to talk about that 2016 season real quick where Ryan Tannehill was behind center, who's going to be the quarterback of this Miami Dolphins team. In 2018, he had 81 targets for 42 receptions, which leads to a horrible catch rate. But he was able to turn that into 100, uh, 726 yards and nine touchdowns. That's pretty amazing. And then you add to the fact that Parker missed six games in total for the last two seasons. And Amendola recently acquired, missed seven games for the last three seasons. That's a big part in what Stills can do because Stills plays 16 full games back-to-back seasons with the Dolphins. So when you put health into the factor with a quarterback like Tannehill, who has proven to not be horrible on a Miami offense that's going to have to score points because their defense is not going to be able to stop anybody, I think Stills is going to be the number one on this team. I think Amendola is going to get hurt often. I think Parker is done, as we said earlier. Thank God I did not have to speak on that because I would have spoke for like a good half hour on Parker. I am very high on stills. I think he'll be no worse than a wide receiver three next year, which means that you could draft him in the 10th round and play him at your flex. Maybe keep him on the bench as a back of wide receiver. That's an amazing draft pick right there with great value. I'm all on stills for next year. Okay, Uh, so on to my breakout guy. And this is a guy that just oozes talent. And everybody, there was so much hype coming uh, around this guy coming into last year, and he just didn't pay off for it. But I think this is the year he breaks out in a big way, Corey Davis. Mm. And for as much as this is about Corey Davis, this has to be about Mariota too, because you rarely see these situations where you get absolutely craptastic quarterback play and just these breakout amazing wide receivers. So quickly on Mariota, the guy struggled all last year compared to 2016. His deep ball completion percentage went from eighth to 31st. His red zone completion percentage went from ninth to 45th and getting back to Corey, Corey Davis is a guy that is just ridiculously talented he was never fully healthy for most of the year and a guy that for what we saw in college as the guy who is the all-time leader in major college football and receiving yards coming into the draft he's a his percentile breakout age was 95th and his college dominator was 95th this is a guy who could they're going they've already talked about he's gonna be the one and Coupled with there been talk about, you know, Rashard Matthews is starting the season on the pup. He's still yet to practice. 
And that could siphon targets away from Corey Davis. But if Matthews is out, dude, Corey Davis is going to be a vacuum just soaking up freaking targets every game. So on, so we, we gave a lot of love for all the guys that we're really high on this year. But to get to the guys that mm, we, we just feel like either you need to stay away from them or, uh, yeah, hell with it. Do not draft them. They're going to bust. Wolf, who is your bust guy? I kind of made a group. I don't know if that's cheating or whatnot, but the rookie running backs in general, not named Saquon or Geis, who I'm dead high on. I love them both more than the experts. They're super high on my boards. I've never been afraid of rookie running backs. It's my thing. I think they're always great values. But this year, it's just such a crowded crapshoot, and they're all because of last year's massive success from the, the crop. I feel like this year's rookie running back class is way overpriced, whether it's Penny, whether it's Freeman, and he's already starting behind Booker, and they keep talking up Booker. And even if he wins the job, Vance Joseph said, we're going to have three backs involved, and it's not a great line, and blah, blah, blah. Or it's Ronald Jones, and it's playing behind the worst line in football, and Peyton Barber's being the guy in the first team reps. I just, I, even if these guys are fresher and more talented, and they seem exciting because they had great college tape, I think. All the rookies kind of landed in horrible situations outside of Saquon or Geis. And I love Hines and the, the Colts and Wilkins and the really late guys. But it's these ones that you're wasting a, a fifth round or a sixth rounder on instead of taking the guy like Dion Lewis or even, you know, I boy, uh, Derek Rex Burkhead, who we love so much. I'd rather have something like that, even Marshawn Lynch, if he's the guy in Oakland right now than an unproven rookie that's trapped in a committee behind bad lines and not great offenses. And that's what I see out of a lot of this crop, unfortunately. Wolf, um, we haven't talked since last year. And <laughs> I will tell you very quickly before Justin gets up in here with his bust, uh, the love for Sexy Rexy never went away, dude. Never. So never. I love it. Good, dude. And he's even in a better spot this year after scoring eight touchdowns in 10 games and, you know, 14.1 points per game down the stretch run there from week seven on. He's he's unbelievable. Absolutely. So, Justin, who is your bust? <laughs> well, by the way, you're, you're preaching to the uh... – the sexy Rexy choir here because oh you're part of it too yes all of us yeah we we have uh, practices every Wednesday if you want (laughs) to join I can send you the flyer um just make sure you warm up because I'm a nice baritone I think (laughs) yeah so so, baritone I will be the uh what is the falsetto (laughs) oh nice always man so very keen with it (laughs) (laughs) Justin who's your bust so Derek I want you to Say the name of the guy I have on the sheet right here. Just, not, just I, 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 I don't see that. I don't know what you're talking about. My computer just crashed. <laughs> so I wrote. I, I will never Brees. say that. I wrote Drew Brees as my bus for next year, and as much as I can make a argument for that, he's not the person I'm going to argue about today. I wrote that just specifically just to troll Derek because <laughs> he hates when I crap on the Saints and his players. I think the podcast, the podcast troll was a new entity. That, has yeah. anybody ever heard of that? Yeah. No. Well, listen, I have something brewing up for that, but that's pending. <laughs> <laughs> so my guy that I'm going to – that I think that people just need to take a step back on. I can't say that he's necessarily going to be a full-on bust. I just think that where you're drafting him, the value is not going to be there. And that is hashtag free Derek Henry. Because Ooh. people are drafting Derrick Henry. I've already done two drafts this year, okay? And that is not excluding the Scott, including the Scott Fishbowl, in which Derrick Henry went in the second round. 
Why is he going in the second round? I don't understand. The beast, quote unquote, that is 6'3 and 250 pounds, and his ADP that is going higher than guys like Geis, Ajayi, Lynch, and our boy, Kenyon Drake, who I would take all four of those guys over him. Why is he going over them? In PPR leagues, he's going in the third round. It doesn't make sense to me. I understand that he had five plays last year in which resulted in 20-plus running plays last year, in which three of them resulted in a touchdown. Two of them came in the fourth quarter with less than two minutes left. I can't bank on that when it comes to Derrick Henry. Then you add a player like Deion Lewis in which the Titans paid $20 million for for the next four years to play, to be the receiving back. In a Matt LaFleur offense, that is, he's basically bringing that Rams offense to Tennessee and saying, hey, I need a guy who's going to come in and step in and have 80-plus receptions just like Gurley did last year. I'm sorry, but the last time I saw Derrick Henry catch a pass um, might have been in college. If I, if I if I even saw that, like it's 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 Deion Lewis. So for me, people need to take they need to take a step back on Derrick Henry and just realize, listen, Lewis is going to be very very involved. And I want to throw in one little fact in there, one really quick fact in there. People say that Deion Lewis is a receiving back. He's a third down third down back. He pay, he played ninety three percent of his snaps last year. On first and second down with the Patriots. 93% of his snaps that he played last year were on first and second down. So if you're going to come and tell me that Lewis can't play first and second down running back position, you'll be a fool. Because he did it last year with the Patriots. And he was very, very successful on the field as well as fantasy-wise. So take a step back on Derrick Henry. Don't draft him so early. Maybe wait for like the fifth. If you could get him there, you'll be fine. Matt, who's your guy? Will Fuller. And just because he was so explosive with Watson last year, but I just don't think that's going to be that way again. And, you know, he averaged 11, almost 11 and a half a game. But as soon as he got hurt, as soon as Watson got hurt, he averaged less than five. And he didn't break double digits at all. Love it. I mean, Will Fuller is not worth the price tag in the sixth round, especially when you can get guys, like I mentioned earlier, you know, Crowder, uh, Cobb, Sanders, uh, Garcon. You could get those guys who are likely to be in better position to put up higher numbers than a Will Fuller. I'm not going to pay sixth round for Deshaun Jackson. He only had like four catches, two catches, two catches and five catches in the four games with Watson. Hopkins had 10, four, two and eight in that same span. The game where they both got two was against the Browns. So you know that they didn't even need it. So it's Will Fuller is just going to be so overvalued that you're just going to laugh when the person in your draft takes him because you just know that you're going to get somebody better a round or two later. All right, well, on to my bust, and this is a guy that he was amazing last year for fantasy owners, but I just, the way that he got his production, I don't see it repeating, and that's Marvin Jones. So you have Marvin Jones in 2016, who was the wide receiver 43, and last year 
he was the wide receiver 12. So just on ranking on paper, you think, okay, man, this guy must have just done amazing. He must have just played out of his mind. He must have commanded more targets. He must have done so many awesome things on the field. But when you look at his stat lines, they are eerily similar to 2016. He only garnered four more targets and six more receptions. So he didn't emerge as this high target, clear cut number one wide receiver. The way that he made his value is he led the league in yards per reception and he scored his touchdown count went up from four to nine. So with a healthy Kenny Galladay, because I'm going to project health right now, with a healthy Kenny Galladay, you look at these stat lines by Marvin Jones, and he didn't command more targets. Most of the way that he made his money was deep plays down the field he led, and he was number one in air yards and fifth in 20-plus yard receptions. So if you have who Kenny Galladay is an explosive down-the-field threat, if he takes a step forward in his second year, he's healthy. I think he's going to cut one into Marvin Jones' target share, and two, even if Marvin Jones does retain said target share, these deep bomb passes that he just excelled at last year, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to repeat that. Derek, will you allow just a couple counterpoints on... Oh, you you had to get it in. I was waiting. I know, I know. I've been sitting, (laughs) biting my tongue, letting you guys make the points, but there's a couple of them. I actually like the Marvin Jones bust call, but uh, Derek Henry and Will Fuller, I got to chime in just a couple things. I didn't want to interrupt her. I'm waiting. Okay. (laughs) So my my main points on Derrick Henry would be, I do agree that I I probably take Lewis more often because of the value. I think it's going to be a committee, but I think it's going to be a committee that ends up working. LaFleura is such a backfield driven offense. He schemed so much, as you said, with Gurley as the workhorse last year was a monster. He got all the volume was obviously the fancy MVP year before he's with the Falcons and Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. That's what I'm kind of picturing. But Henry, they're using him in camp already very creatively. He's lining up in the slot, moving out wide. He's not a horrible receiver. He gets that rep because he's a huge steamroller, but he can catch the ball. Not as good as Lewis, I'll, I'll admit, but he can. And I was nervous too. He's going to seed all those creative snaps to Lewis. But the fact that they're moving him around and, and putting him in all these unique positions tells me they might actually keep him in those games and kind of have that unpredictability no matter who's in there. And you got to mix in the fact Lewis just has a ridiculous injury history. 14 of 32 possible games is what he's played prior to last season. And yeah, he held up all 16 last year, which was great. But ultimately, you know, again, 14 of 32 was his career before then, missing like two and a half complete seasons before he was back in the league. If he gets hurt, Derrick Henry would be an absolute steamroll. And before Lewis signed there, he was going in the first round or so. Oh, man, I, I that's some upside for you know a late third round second running back. I don't hate it, so I don't know. I had to talk about him, and I, I want to talk about Fuller too, but if you want to respond about Henry first, I can uh, I can turn over the mic. No, that that's that's fine, and that's a fair point. If, if Lewis wasn't in the picture, then I don't I don't knock anybody for taking Henry where he's where they're taking him. But the minute Lewis comes into the picture, listen, people like Keenan Allen over Michael Thomas, right? People like you know OBJ over DeAndre Hopkins. These are guys that are coming off of injuries, right? 
based off last year. So we're going to talk about injuries. Then, yeah, that's a whole other perspective. But you have to look at what they did last year. And based off what Lewis did last year, he played a full 16 games healthy. I'm going to put my eggs in that basket, taking him as my third running back over Henry, who I would have to take as my second running back. But I don't, I don't hate that take at all because you're right. If Lewis does get hurt, Derrick Henry is a lot to be a top 24 running back week in and week out. Oh, he'll be a, he'll be an RB one if if Lewis is out. Yep. Derek, yep. who else is going to steal the work from him? He'll be you a have Wadley is the only other guy that's in that backfield, and they're not going to sit here and, and funnel touches to him. So no. yeah, if Lewis is out, Henry would be just a volume monster. But, uh, monster behind a great offensive line and a, what I think will be a much improved offense, as you mentioned, with Corey Davis and Mariota. And much improved Mariota, too. I, I think both of them are going to be valuable as long as, as they're both out there. But I really think with the injury history, uh, Henry could become that workhorse monster. And obviously, again, that's a, a what if if someone gets hurt. So even if he doesn't get hurt, the fact they're using him creatively and, and using him as a receiver – is what I needed to see. I had him lower until just this last week, but the fact they've been moving him around like that, it has me really excited for Henry, what he could do in the in that type of creative usage. Um, and then with Will Fuller, you know, the, the key is who you brought up, Deshaun Watson. And if if he's there, I, I know it seems unsustainable to have two touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, two touchdowns in those four straight weeks. It's ridiculous. And I don't think he can do that. But – the key element that I think helped him achieve those ridiculous numbers was how escapable Deshaun Watson is in buying his receivers just that little bit of extra time and then being able to rope it down the field. Everybody else they have was a complete statue, doesn't have the deep the, the deep ball accuracy that Watson has. So, I mean, we can't just say it was unsustainable because when Watson got out, now he only has five points. Those are two completely different beasts. And I know Hopkins was able to get it done, but that's a different type of receiver. So if if Fuller doesn't pan out, it's going to be because Watson gets hurt. I really think if you get 16 games of both, this guy's even as a rookie was producing, he's a great speedster. Uh, I really think he brings a ton of upside in round seven or eight. I would much rather have the ceiling he's bringing than a floor of Pierre Garçon or Randall Cobb. Give me the guy that was a dominant wide receiver one when he had his quarterback on the field. Cause I do think those two will still be able to make some magic. Okay. Great <laughs> points as always Wolf. So before we let you get out of here, I, every single one of our guests, we always kind of, we try to get something that's a little bit tailored to them. It, give you a scenario of sorts. Okay. okay. You are going to be the first contestant on the Fantasy Fear Factor. So, <laughs> so just like every single game show, oh, every yeah. contestant, we're going to put to the test a grand experiment of fortitude, heart, wits, and strength. So, Wolf, are, are you up for this? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, man. So, first scenario. Mm. You have to pick one or the other. You either have to wear a black and green tank top for the rest of your days that is inscribed on the front chest in gold lettering Tom Brady is not the goat oh. or you have to drink a glass of microwaved curdled milk Wait, are, you a Pat- are you a Patriots fan? oh yeah diehard Patriots oh fan. my god Absolutely. what the hell D bro <laughs> 
I'm I'm one of those guys. Absolutely. I'm a Pats fan. I'm a, a homer and I love it to death. And I will microwave that glass up. I will chug it with pride. I won't even hold my nose just so I can keep telling everybody how great Tom Brady is because he is the GOAT and I will never do anything that would make me say otherwise. Give me All the right. Milk. Your next scenario yes. which is going to test your metal. It's going to test your agility. I don't have a lot of that. <laughs> well, here you go. So you find yourself suspended in midair, locked inside of a car with surrounded by four flaming hoops waiting at the end of this obstacle course is a hanging high five from Tom Brady. So Wolf, do you sit in the car and pray to come down? Or are you going to dare to, to, to jump for uh, the Brady five? Oh man, as much as a high five from Brady, it would make my life and I'd never wash my hand again. Like a little fangirl at a school concert, whatever, <laughs> like one direction concert. Like I, I like my life right now. I love doing this fantasy football thing. I'm a teacher and I like my gig and it, I, I'm going to just cut, take the easy way out and pass up on a high five. You know, if it was a hug, if it was, you know, an embrace, maybe it would be a different story. <laughs> but the high five just isn't enough of Tom Brady for me to climb through all those flaming hoops. Well, Brady's known for his hanging fives, man. The, 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 he requests the highest of fives, and they'll be, it'll be up there for forever. <laughs> Look, I, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Wolf, for coming on. Uh, everybody needs to check you out on Twitter. So w- what's the uh, handle for the podcast? So the podcast is ffbdpod.com. I mean, uh, just ffbdpod. We do have a homepage, though, ffbdpod.com. Uh, if you want to listen to the, the podcast we're doing, I know Derek will have you on again soon for sure uh, to, to get some fancy wolf stuff on because I always love chatting with you. And and Justin and Matt, it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys and meeting you guys. This, this was a blast, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Great time, man, as always. So check out uh, The Wolf on Twitter at Roto Street Wolf. You can find Justin on Twitter at EasyPolizzi underscore 21 and my boy Matt at KeglerMatt. And you can find me on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB and the main page at FFB underscore 247. And look, that's a wrap for 24-7 this week. We are out. Later.